Thank you so much, worship team. That was awesome. I was a little distracted by how cute Sarah is playing the violin. <laughs> With You almost have a little help, huh? Yes. Yeah, a little help. Um, so we have a great uh, treat for you this morning. want to invite Pastor Gabby uh, up. Uh, he is... He's been a, a pastor. He was actually a part of SCC before I was um, uh, with under uh, Pastor Steve. Uh, they uh, built a relationship and, uh, and started to support um, Gabby. His work in Lebanon, start, you were a worship leader at that time. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so uh, he eventually decided to plant a church, and he's part of a, a network of church plants in Lebanon and the surrounding uh, countries in the Middle East, primarily in Lebanon, and uh, <clears throat> just such a unique uh, ministry that is there. I had the, the honor and the privilege of going out there last year and being a part of their congregation. I fell in love with the congregation and asked the Lord if perhaps he would call me to Lebanon. So at this point, he hasn't called me yet to join you there. So, um, but he... Um, it will come. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Gabby has become, you know, we talk a lot about uh, uh, sacred friends here. That's part of what we believe God wants to stir and do in this community of faith. And almost right away from the first moment that I met Gabby and as we continue to talk, there's just been this sacred friendship and brotherhood that he has worked and developed. So we just delight that we get to be a part of uh, the ministry in just a small way of what God is doing in this um, unprecedented time in the country of Lebanon and the Middle East, but uh, pastor's going to share a little bit more about that. So let me uh, pray for you. I committed a huge mistake. I am not packing. I don't have my oil. Do you have oil by chance, Veda? Do we have anyone? Oh, oh all right. Free <laughs> cup of coffee for the both of you for having oil. All right. Uh, let's pray. If you feel comfortable, just extend your hand out. So, Lord, we thank you for your deep and abiding love for Gabby. Thank you that you have imparted to him uh, your wisdom and counsel and perspective. We pray for a fresh anointing. Anoint you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, would you bring um, a fresh word. Thank you for the words you've placed on Gabby's heart. Lord, would you help him to run with and thrive in the words that are from you? If there's any words that you don't want shared today, would you just let them fall by the wayside? Anoint him afresh to speak. And Lord, we pray for us as a congregation that you'd open up our hearts to hear and that we would perceive a still, small voice. Lord, would you not let any other voices distract us or take us from what you're saying to us? Mm. In your name we pray. Mm. Amen.
Well, good morning. Good morning. Um, I just can't tell you how happy I am to be with you again. Seriously, I just, um, I, I, I don't know, I don't, do you remember how many times I'm here now? This is my fifth time or fourth time, remember? Maryland, fifth time. Yeah. So um, every time I come here, I feel like I'm coming to a family. You know, in Lebanon, our church, we never call church church, we call it family. And uh, because we know that our father, he's a father for a family. So I, I feel when I come here, I come to a family. And I really feel like being with a family. And especially yesterday, we had some fun with some of your family. So, um, so I'm so thankful for your um, 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 hospitality and uh, for the support that you provided for us for uh, the last 11 years. I think right now, I, didn't, I never count them, but... But you've been so faithful, and you've been a very good, faithful partners with whatever God is, is doing in Lebanon and the surroundings. So uh, I want to thank you very much out of our hearts, just from, my, from myself, from my family, uh, and from the church, that uh, uh, you've been there standing for us all these years. And, um, and I'm really looking forward for the years to come. Amen? So I managed to bring your pastor last year to Lebanon for a visit. So I hope that next time we'll have a, a bigger team coming. Maybe his wife would join. And, and <laughs> it's safe. I, I can see it in your eyes. It's safe. I'll be driving. He will not. <laughs> Actually, he had the experience of driving a Lebanon. Did he share with you this? And I lost him. And I, so I called him. It's like, and then it says, like, if I would say, where are you? He wouldn't even know to tell me where, he's, where he is. Like, um, uh, there is a shop nearby. And he knows, like, okay, stay there. I'll find you. So, anyway, uh, so we had, a, we had a very good time. And, um, yeah, you know, as he, as he mentioned, friendship. It's just like, you know, sometimes you meet people and you just straight on, you know, you feel like this is, this is something good, you know, the friendship that is there. And, um, yeah, again, thank you for, for everything you're providing for us. Anyway, uh, let me tell you this. Um, for those who don't know me well, I am uh, almost 50 years old, so I don't look like I know. But <laughs> I look younger, right? Yes. Thank you. Start well. So, and uh, and uh, I know that some of you might say that you don't look, it doesn't look like what I'm going to say. But, you know, this is not fashion in Lebanon. Here, what, whatever I have here, I don't know if you can see it with the lights because I can tell I don't feel safe. I was trimming my beard and it broke while trimming, so it just cut through. And I was like, oh, no, not on Sunday. <laughs> and you know, you know how man has this relationship with their beards. I haven't, I haven't shaved this beard for the last six years now. And it's like, oh, I'm not going to shave it now. No, I'm not going to do that. So this, you know, this love relationship. So I, I try to fix it as much as I can. But, you know, this, I just want to tell you that this thing here, this is not, this is not fashion in Lebanon. So just... <laughs> because I could see some, oh, I like the fashion there. It's like, oh, they have this. So don't do it. You know, this is not fashion. So, okay. <laughs> Now I feel better, so. <laughs> especially for those sitting this side because they see it better. So. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. 
And uh, seriously, I was so uh, blessed and touched yesterday morning uh, as I was sharing with you whatever God has, has in my heart for you guys. And uh, this morning too, also worshiping with you. I, I, could, I can feel, I can sense, uh, Pastor, you, just, you're doing, you and your team are doing a great, great job. I can sense the presence of God. And every time I come here, it's, it's deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's really, if it says, it say that this church is going on the right way. Keep on. Because I could feel the presence of the Lord like never before. And I, I, was, I, I really enjoyed myself. And uh, I, I, I want to share with you a bit about what's going on in Lebanon. I don't know if you're familiar uh, with, uh, with Lebanon, if you know what's going on in Lebanon. Uh, I know that many Americans that I met, I've been here for like almost 10 days now, and I'm leaving on Tuesday. So uh, many don't know exactly what's going on in Lebanon. And I, I, I could tell because uh, uh, CNN doesn't speak about this little, small, tiny country. But we are, uh, we are going through a very, very, very hard time. Never in the history of the country, never in the history of the country. Although we had wars, all of, you know, the history of Lebanon has been war after war after war after war after war. But never in the history of Lebanon that we've, we went or we're going through what we're going through right now. The country in, in, in literally is bankrupted. So we have, uh, banks are closing, companies are closing. Uh, people's money are losing, you know, we cannot use our money if, if you have money in your bank, so if you're, if you're a millionaire or, if you're, or you're poor, you're, you're equal because you cannot use your money. I came here, I wanted to buy a sandwich on, it, on, on the plane, and they said, we don't take cash. It's like, I'm, I'm hungry. So I cannot use my cars because my cars are not useful. So, uh, so we're going through this hard time, but before I go to and share with you what God has, uh, is doing in Lebanon, because this, this is the story of Lebanon right now. But I want to share with you what, the, what, what God's story about Lebanon. But I cannot just pass what the Lord has been talking to me before uh, when, when, uh, when worshiping. Uh, and I believe that the Lord wants to send a small message before I share with you about Lebanon. So um, yesterday I mentioned that, and I, I feel like I need to say it again. One of the greatest uh, disease, if I can say, uh, Christians are... Uh, getting these days is one, in, uh, if I can put it in one word, is familiarity. You know what familiarity is? Is this the right English word? Yeah, Great. Familiarity. You know, English is not our second language in Lebanon. It's, we speak French. So if you want me, I can do it in French better. But, <laughs> but if you hear any weird words in English, I don't mean it. <laughs> I don't swear. I don't say bad words. So if I did... <laughs> If I say anything bad, so it's just because I didn't know what I'm saying. So anyway. <laughs> so familiarity is something that kills the church. You know, when we get used to. And uh, uh, we are, uh, as yesterday, those who were uh, in the meeting yesterday, I shared with you about, I believe so much in my heart that we are going through what we call a season of God. You know, there's a big difference between seasons and times. It's in Ecclesiastes 3, it's, it speaks about times and seasons, the two, two different things, you know. When, when there is a season, when God is doing something, there's a season that God is planning to do something that no one would, he would not allow anyone to stop him of doing whatever he's doing. I will give you an example. Yesterday I shared with you that, you know, when God sent Jesus, when the Father sent Jesus to the earth, it says in the right time, in the right season, in the season of God, because God wanted to, to save the world. 
It was a season for salvation, so he wanted to send his son. But before, if you want to read with me, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't give you those. Uh, but, but, you know, you have to bear with me. I, this is what I do with, with our people in church. Anyway, so they're, they're used to me, so they never ask me anymore. So they know, you know, you know. So in, in Luke 4, uh, um, you know when, uh, is it Luke 4? Wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, no, it's not Luke 4. <laughs> it's, uh, whoa. It's in Luke 1, actually. You know, when, 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 when God wanted to prepare the, the way for Jesus, he, wanted to, uh, he, he, he went to Zacharias, and he, he told Zacharias that uh, your wife is going to be pregnant with John the Baptist, right? Did, do you remember the, the reaction of Zacharias at that time? He's like, first of all, he was so afraid, and he was, you know, I am old and, and my wife is old. So, and do you remember what was the reaction of the angel then? He says, yeah, you are going to be silent. Because you're not, I'm not going to allow your unbelief to stop what I'm going to do now in this season. So when there is a season, God is moving... You know, it's, I, yesterday I shared that it's like a train going to a destination. If you jump in, you get to that destination. If you don't jump in, you'll be bitter. You'll be there sitting, watching beautiful things happening. And say, like, why not me, Lord? Just because you didn't believe. And God will shut, you know, because this is the time where God is moving. Not only in the Middle East, because, you know, there's a lot happening in the Middle East, if you don't know. Not only in the Middle East, but all over the world. You know, beginning of 2019, the Lord spoke to us clearly in our church. Even before, but 2019, we, we dared to mention it because the Lord spoke to us. I am coming to shake the world. By the end of 2019, I'm going to start with your country, with the surrounding countries, and I'm going to shake the world. If you remember well, and the Lord then spoke to us clearly, says in October it will start. And in October, if you remember well, there were riots everywhere in, 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 in Lebanon, in Iraq, and uh, uh, there were, uh, I just can't remember all the, all the places, but some, some two countries in Latin America, if you remember. And um, so they were shaking everywhere. God is shaking the world. And, and we felt that, that by then we like, okay, we start praying. I, I, I stood up in church. I said, listen, this is what God is saying. He's coming to shake our country. And, I, you know, I, I didn't have any applause. It's like, oh, thank you, Pastor. We love, we love you, but not that much, you know. So, and, and it's like... Well, it's not me, it's God. God is saying, I'm going to shake the Lord. But when, you know what? When God says, I'm going to do something, it's something good. You know? Although it looks not good, but when God moves, it's something good. In our, in our human eyes, we might think, oh, Lord, what are you doing? I don't like that. You know, I prefer to stay, you know, in the, this old situation. It was good. It was good. No, it's not good. You know? It's always good when God moves, not when we do whatever we think is right to do. So, so that's make us feel like more, yes, we're going to rest in whatever God is doing. And, and you know, we have, to, we, have to, we have to trust the Lord and trust that, you know, that God is about to do something new. And not just to settle on the old way of doing things. Because the old way of doing things, let's be honest together, it's not working well. Right? I mean, I don't think the way the church is now is what it's supposed to be according to the Bible. 
And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about our church, I'm not talking about this church, I'm talking about the universal, international church. I mean, I know that I'm not pessimistic, I know that God is doing great deeds, I know that many people like you are doing their best to be in, 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 in the will of God, but you know, there is still much more. When you read the Bible, God is much, much bigger than how we see Him as, as His people. You know, I... I uh, uh, I remember also this, this uh, while I was sitting there, the Lord reminded me of this. You know, when Jesus started his ministry, he went to, the, to Nazareth. Remember that? Do you remember that incident? It says in Luke 4, it says he went to, the, to, the, uh, to his uh, hometown, Nazareth. And I'm going I'm to read it uh, to you so you don't have to. Uh, he came to Nazareth where he had brought up. And uh, his custom was he went, uh, 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 as his custom was, he went into the synagogue uh, on Sabbath day, stood up for, uh, for, uh, to read, and then uh, there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where he, it, it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Listen, I mean, this is something big the Lord is proclaiming there. This is a verse that the, uh, the people of God were waiting and meditating on for years. You know, it's like when you are, when you are, when we have this promise and we, we, I mean, I don't know about you. Don't you feel like, you know, it's about time to have a revival in America? I mean, don't, isn't it something that is in your heart? Why not now? What are we waiting for? Why not now? Are we waiting for God? I think it's not, it's, come on. Don't you think it's his desire, it's his heart desire to see revival in America? Yeah. I believe, you know, the only problem why we don't have revival in America is because the church is settled on what is, you know, it's, it's good, it's good, Pastor, it's good. No, it's not good. I mean, I know it is good, but it's not as good as what the Bible says. So, Jesus came and he proclaimed that verse that the people of God were waiting for for, for hundreds of years. And then he says, no, the, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. I mean, these are good news. And he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the covering uh, of sight to, uh, to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he sat. Right? It says, and he gave, them, he gave it again to the minister, and he sat down. I mean, of course... These are all has meaning. Closing the book, it said, me, it means that, that this, this word, is, it's, it is done. It is finished. It is now. So the Lord was proclaiming this, like, I am I'm here. I'm coming to give you whatever you, 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 are, you, you desire for. I'm here to, to bring this revival you've been looking for. This is the season. This is the time that I am moving. And what was the reaction of the people? Isn't he the son of Joseph? You know, isn't he? Isn't this? I mean, pastor, I mean, do you think this is the right time? Familiarity. Because he was brought up in that area. They knew him. They saw him playing on his bicycle or whatever, you know, <laughs> playing football there. So, isn't he the son of Joseph? They couldn't see him as the savior because familiarity kills faith. You know, so we have to, we ha I, I just, I want to, I'm challenging you to have faith this morning that yes, God wants to bring revival to this country. 
Yes, God is not, you know, fed up with America. He wants to bring... I, I see this country as one of God's hopes to bring revival around the world. You have all the, uh, uh, all the um, uh, uh, you know, what, what was the word? Assets, you know, resources. You have the, the, you have the, the knowledge, you have the, the people, you have the money, you have everything that God can use to bring revival to the world. So what are you waiting for? You lead. You lead. It's not anymore, and I said this yesterday, it's not going to be anymore a one-man show. It's his body moving together. It's your responsibility. Yeah, you, not the one next to you. Not the pastor. It's your responsibility. Just believe. You know, they wanted to throw Jesus, <laughs> the Savior. They wanted, you know, familiarity kills the plan of God. So I want to urge you, and I'm just bringing this, this up. That was not my message. But I feel like I want to bring this up. To urge you to start seek for more and say, Lord, okay, Lord, okay, what do you want me to do? Because once you grasp this, you would react in a different way. You know, those who, could, who saw this in Jesus, they followed him. And there were not many. Only 12 by then that followed Jesus. But with those 12 who believed, the Lord was able to turn it out. Right? He was able to do it. So he does not need much people, but he needs someone. So let's believe that God is able. Why I'm saying this? Because this would take me again to Lebanon. We, uh, I was brought up in Lebanon. And uh, uh, I, I love Lebanon so much. I mean, I had a lot of opportunities to live outside Lebanon. I studied in England for a long time. And I, was, I, I could have stayed there and be an English citizen. And I had many extended invitations to come to America here. And you can, you can become a good citizen in America. Become a pastor here. I, I, have, I, I mean, I love America. But I love Lebanon because I know I am called to that place it's crazy it's it's uh, i mean pastors knows what i'm talking about the, the only good thing we have in lebanon is food and you can see that so <laughs> so uh, and and of course relationship but you know it's it's a crazy country it's it's a very it's a tiny little country actually on the map if you go and look for lebanon because i mean i don't uh, uh people ask me when i'm here sometimes you know where are you from i say i'm from i'm, I'm from lebanon and they go hmm lebanon is that the country? Is it, yes, it's on the map. So, <laughs> so, so they, uh, I, I, I always have to say, well, do you know where Israel is? Yes, of course. Okay, so we're neighbors. <laughs> you know? So Lebanon is a very tiny, small country that uh, it can't even fit its name. So we just write Lebanon on the Mediterranean because we say, and then they put a flash that this is Lebanon. It's here, you know. This is Lebanon. But, you know, this small, tiny little country has been mentioned in the Bible 73 times. How many times is the United States mentioned in the Bible? <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> so that's why I don't want the citizenship here. I want Lebanese citizenship. <laughs> no, seriously. Just because the Lord has put this, this on our heart, you know, that I know that I am called for that country. I know that I, would, I wouldn't trade Lebanon for anything, not because, I mean, I know maybe I would live an easier life here, 
but I'm more happy and satisfied there because this is where God has uh, uh, wants me to be. This is the plan of God for me. And you won't be settled and you won't feel good unless you are in his plan. You won't feel peaceful unless you are in his plan. So this small little country has been mentioned in the Bible 73 times. And I, and I remember when I met the Lord in 1987, first time I met the Lord after like a few, few, few months, the Lord spoke to me clearly. He said, Gabby, I'm going to use this country because this country is like a key for the area. And Lebanon has been like that during the history, although we had a lot of war during, uh, through the history, but we were like the key for the area because it was the only, if I can say, the, the only country that is a bit westernized, you know, we're more open for the West because of being on the Mediterranean. We, we are like the door for, for, from Europe all the way to, you know, the Gulf and the Arab world, and we speak uh, three different languages. Christianity used to be the majority there. We still have like a freedom to worship in Lebanon. It's the only country in the Middle East that has the freedom to worship. We can, uh, we, our president is by law Christian, uh, nominal Christian, but uh, so in, in many ways, Lebanon has this, this specific beautiful role playing in that, in, in, in the area. But at, this, at the same time, you know, uh, the Lord loves Lebanon so much. I know that, and, and, and it's not like he loves us better or more than others, but, but there is a specific, this special place for Lebanon in the heart of God. And even, you know, when, when the Lord in, in Song of Solomon's, if, if you read with me, I just got this, you can use this one now. So, I just, <laughs> so it says um, in Song of Solomon's 5, 15, it says, His legs are as pillars of marble set upon sockets of fine gold. His countenance is as Lebanon. He's talking about himself. You know, when, when God wanted to describe himself, he says, I look like Lebanon. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Excellence as the cedars. And you know what? It was it's good to hear that, but at the same time, this makes us as Lebanese so <laughs> seriously. One of our major problems that we struggle with, I believe it's one of the principalities that is wavering over Lebanon, is pride. We struggle. We struggle to be humble. <laughs> we try, but you know. <laughs> we struggle to be humble because I believe it's the cedars, you know, and I believe it's the, uh, the, uh, the I, I believe that geographical, you know, when you live, when, when, when there's a lot of mountains, high mountains, it affects your personality. So, so in one way, we are proud people. And that's not good. God cannot use us when we're proud. That's why the Lord says, I'm going to come one day and break the cedars of Lebanon. And, and, and it's fine with me. Because if you don't break the cedars, you cannot build the temple. And if you don't build the temple, you cannot have his presence. So Lord, yes, come and break our cedars. I don't care. You know, and, and what's going on in Lebanon these days, I believe deep in my heart that it's God breaking our cedars. It's so nice, it's so funny to see people like, I mean, people like me who has no zero money in a bank. I have a bank account, but it's always empty. So it's like the bank, I owe the bank money, he never owe me money. So, so and, it's, and, 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 and my neighbor who has millions, and we're both equal. Because he can't get his money out. I don't, I don't have money anyway, so we both are equal. You know, I'm the only one actually in Lebanon that is not knocking the door of the bank. The bank is knocking my door. It's like everybody's going and standing there in, for hours to get $100 a week. That's what we are allowed to get out of our banks. $100 a week. You're not allowed to get more, even if you have millions. You're not allowed to get more. So I'm sharing this with you also because I want you to pray for our country. Yeah. You know, it's really going 
to a very weird uh, place. Companies are closing. You go to the supermarket, the uh, uh, shelves are emptying. They're talking about a famine to come that we never had this since 1914, the First World War. We had the first famine, or one of those hard famine in Lebanon. So we're talking about a famine that is coming to the country. But you know what? I know that God is shaking the country because this is a season for God to do something in Lebanon. So my, the way I see it, I see a big harvest coming. So everybody is so scared. Even now today, I was talking to my wife before coming in here. She, yesterday, she met a couple a pastor and her wife, and today she met another couple, and she says, Gabby, I don't know what's wrong with these people. I said, what, what? She said, they both are so scared. They're talking about immigrating, leaving the country. I said, I know, because if you don't see what God is doing, that would be the normal reaction. Let's, let's get away from here. But for us, we see, we know that this is a season God is going to move to do something great. I am so excited. I can't tell you how much I'm excited. If there is a time in, in, in my history that I wanted to be in Lebanon, this is the time. Even, even now, I was coming here, you know, I, I had the chance, and, and I was not planning even coming to, to the state. And then I had this chance to come here. I was hesitant, like, should I leave the, the country now? Because I don't want to miss what God is doing in Lebanon. Because God is about to do something great, and I want you to know that, you know, uh, uh, not, not, just to, not just to pray for us, but because I want you to know that when God moves, I want you to feel good about it. When God moves, it's okay. It's good. It's going to be a bit squeezy, but it's okay. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, if this would result with a big revival, it's okay. And you know what? We have a verse in the Bible, although out of those 73 verses that mention Lebanon in the Bible, we have a verse that speaks about revival that should burst in, in our country that never happened, never in the history of Lebanon that we had a revival. Never. If you go to the history of Lebanon, I mean, we have a lot of wars. More than 23, 24 army invaded Lebanon since its existence. <laughs> so it's like we had army after army since the Crusaders. So we had a lot of wars, but never had revival. Never. So uh, if you read with me to, uh, in, in, in uh, uh, Isaiah 29 and verse 17, it says this. Is it not yet a very, a very little while? And Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field. Right? And it says that in a little while. So this would happen so fast. It's like, you, you know, when you, you sleep on, 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 on a disaster and you wake up on, on a party? This is what would happen. I believe so very much because the Lord has been talking to us. Why do I feel so confident? Because I know the Lord spoke to us. And he's confirming what he, whatever he said. He told us, I'm going to shake your country by the end of 2019. Do not be scared. I am doing the shaking because I am about to bring revival to your country. So I said, okay, Lord, let's do it. So it says, and Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest. And in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book. So then suddenly the Lord said to me this, Gabby, I want you to know that when you see this happening in Lebanon, you, need, you should know that a, 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 a revival will burst out from that. Not only in Lebanon, but in Lebanon and the areas that are surrounding. 
That in that day when you see revival starting in Lebanon, when you see me turning Lebanon into fruitful field, you will see the deaf hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness, and the meek shall also increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. So isn't that good news for me? I would give my life for this. This is what I'm living for. Seriously, I mean, I, I mean, this is, seriously, this is how I think myself. I don't know if you think this way. I don't want to live one day on earth if it's not for the Lord. There's nothing good about it in, on earth. There's nothing good, you know. There's a lot of crimes, a lot of evil. Uh, I mean, you just look around you and, 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 and I don't know, people are, are going nuts, crazy. So if I'm here, I'm here to do His will. And if this is His will, yes, Lord, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we feel, we believe that God is about to birth this revival. And we know that. Although because also one of the words the Lord spoke to us from is from Isaiah 61 when it says, The darkness will cover the world. And this is not only for Lebanon, because I want you to hear this very well. Soon, we're going to experience more darkness covering the world. I mean, I know that you know that there's a lot of darkness now, right? Right? A thick darkness, it says. A thick darkness, right? Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. There will be deep darkness on, on people, but the Lord will arise over you. And his glory will be seen upon you. So the church should not be under the same situation. There will be darkness in the world, of, that's, that's for sure. There will be deep darkness on people, that's for sure. But on you, church, this is the time where the church needs to be glowing. This is the time where the church has to... But, and how, did we, how would this happen? It's when we believe and we just leave our familiarity. You know, it's like, okay, you know, you know, this is America, you know, this is our culture. We have to accept it. No! Do not accept it. Believe in God. God is able. And when you believe in God, you just put yourself in this place where, Lord, okay, shine on me your glory and your light. Because I, won't be, I want to be glowing. You know, there will be a time where people will come to you and say, tell us your secrets. Why you're different? You are living the same situation like us, but why you're different? Oh, well, just because... We believe. Simply. We believe in His love. We know that God loves us. And you know, love casts all fear, all fear away. Do you know that love, that God loves you? Do you know that? How many knows that God loves them? Let me show you. Okay. Is this because you're familiar with the word? Is it because you're familiar with the word? Or because you experience His love? Day after day. Before you answer me, let me give you my experience with love. <laughs> I was sitting one day. I had, you know, I have three girls, beautiful girls. Analia, she's 17, like this, not even taller than me, and she would never be. <laughs> and uh, Gia K, she's 12, and Tulai, she's eight. Um, I think it was like 15 years ago. I had only Analia. I don't know if I shared this story with you before, guys. And you know how it's like when you have this first baby born? It's like, you love this baby. 
It's like, I mean, I would look at Analeia and it's like, whoa, I, I, I don't know, I, I just I can't express how much I love her. Seriously, I mean, I have this love, just overflowing love. You know, I love, I love my girl. I love her so much. And I was sitting and meditating. I was alone. She was asleep. Her mom was asleep. And I was like sitting and I just, you know, with this religious look at my face. Lord, thank you. <laughs> There's no greater love, you know. Because I was thinking in my mind that I love this girl to the, to the stand that if she needs, like if, in, if, if one time they would say there is a failure in her heart and she needs a new heart, I would not even, I would not even, you know, argue with anyone. I would not even allow anyone ask me to do what not to do. I would take a knife myself, I would cut myself, take my heart out and give it to her because this is how much I love my daughter. Seriously. And I'm, I'm not saying this just, I mean, fathers know what I'm talking about, right? Are, they, are you the same like in Lebanon? How does he? <laughs> Amen. So, so I was like with my religious, you know, it's like, oh, Lord, is this how you love me? There's no greater love than someone gives his life to his beloved one. And I was really feeling good because I, I felt so much love, you know. And then when I, I closed my eyes, I heard this voice so clear in my heart, no, even more. And I was like, what do you mean more? I mean, what is... What is there more? How it could be more? I'm telling you, I'm ready to give her my heart to see her alive. And he says, well, you are ready to give your heart to see your daughter alive, but are you ready to give your daughter, daughter's heart to see someone else alive? And I was like, hey, wait a minute, I'm not God. <laughs> I'm not as crazy as you are. Seriously. And suddenly this just came to my mind. Like, I might be doing something like that if I don't feel like I lost my daughter. If giving my heart means that I'm going to win something that is as equal in, in its... Um, um, ah, help me here. Yeah. Value as my daughter. And the Lord says to me, you know, I gave my son... I gave my son. You know, because I said, you know, Lord, if someone needs a heart, I would give him my heart, but not my daughter's heart. Leave her alone. I said, you know, I gave my son because I saw in you the same value. I know since that day, the word God loves you has a totally, completely different meaning to me. It, it, it seriously and honestly... Um, delivered me from familiarity of that word. Because we sing about God's love. We hear about God's love. But do we really know? Do you really believe? Do you really believe that He loves you? That you're so precious? Because when you do believe that He loves you and you're so precious, then why are you afraid? If you have such a strong Father up in heaven, such a wise, powerful Father up in heaven, why are you scared? Why do you think you cannot do it? So that's why I believe, I believe, you know, that God is about to do great, great, great revival in Lebanon and the Middle East in the coming days. You're going to see that if you live in the coming days. So I want you to pray for us. Pray for us that we, we don't lose faith. 
prays for us that we hold on his, um, his promises to us. Pray for us that we have wisdom and have courage and boldness to move when he says move because we're going to move soon in a different way. Um, I tell you, there is never in the history of Lebanon that I know of the Lebanese people that they are so, so in need and so hungry for God. You just say Jesus and tears just comes out. So, we need your prayers for, for sure. We need you to stand with us. I mean, I, again, I would say thank you for standing with us financially. That's really helped us. But we need all, also your prayers to stand with us. And uh, I want you to believe with me that this is a season. And the season is not only for Lebanon. The season is for, for us all. So just let's step in and let's not settle for the little that we are happy with these days. Let's say, Lord, yes, I want more. I want more of you. So would you stand up with me and just, uh, let's just pray. And I know that, I don't know what's next now. Am I good on time? It's 8.15 p.m. in Lebanon, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going on that watch. So. Just uh, for those here who are struggling with fear, I just want you to um, be honest, you know. If you just want to close your eyes, just, just have some special time with, with the Lord. He's here. I know He's here. He loves you so much. Um, he knows that you're weak. He knows that uh, you need His touch. He knows that you need, you need His um, assistance. So just, just share with Him your fears. Um, you might be like my wife. She was brought up in a family where, you know, she was trained out and she was, you know, fed, up, fed with all this fear words. And so it took her some time to, to be delivered from that fear. Seriously. I mean, she was seriously delivered from fear. So just say, Lord, help me. And I just don't want to be afraid anymore. And, and, um, and just say, Lord, Lord just um, reveal to me the amount of love that you have for me for my family, for my country. You are so, so, so precious. You are so, so, so precious. When God looks at you, he sees Jesus. You're as equal as Jesus. You're so precious. He loves you so much. And that's why I want you to start to believe while your hands are up, like, you know, yes, Lord, use me now. I don't want to settle on less. Get me out of that box that I've been in for ages. Use me, Lord. Let's be on a mission. In your works, in the companies, in schools, universities, behind your desk, let's be on a mission. Let's believe that wherever we are, wherever God placed us, God placed us there for a reason to be that person who's the light and the, 
and the glory of God is shining upon. I want you to believe that God wants to, wants to, lights upon you. Wants to put His glory upon you. I want you to believe that. You might say, well, Pastor, I am, I'm weak. I'm a chaos. You know that God is attracted to chaos? Read Genesis 1.1. The Spirit of the Lord was wavering over chaos. Because God is attracted to chaos. You might say, but I am weak. I'm a sinner. Well, okay, just repent. As simple as this. Say, Lord, use me. Use me. Shine upon me. Would you, would you do this with me? You just lift up your heads and your, lift up your eyes. And say, Lord, shine upon me. Lord, shine upon me. This is your promise. This is your will. Lord, shine upon me. Lord, I need you shine upon me. I need you with my wife, with my kids, with my husband. I need you with my family. I need you with my relatives. I need you with my work. I need you behind my desk. I need you in that supermarket. I need you, Lord, in that school, in that university, in that college. I need you, Father. I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you. We cannot do it without you, Lord. We tried, we tried, we tried, and we failed. We need you, Lord. And this is the season, Lord. And we say, here we are. Shine upon us. I uh, <clears throat> was, uh, came down to the sanctuary to pray over the prayer requests, and I got to, uh, on the back of our prayer requests was, is our missionaries, and wanting to pray for Gabby, and he had messaged me that passage in Isaiah that he shared, one of them, 29, and I couldn't remember it, couldn't remember the passage, and it's like, well, all right, I'll try and find it because I, I wanted to pray that particular passage. So I grabbed one of the Bibles behind the chairs there, sitting over there, and I opened it, and it opened to Isaiah 29, 17. The verse, I was like right there. And I took that to mean, because that never happens to me, actually. I took that to mean that God was saying, yes, I want you to pray for Lebanon. Yes, I want you to pray for Pastor Gabby. That was my sense when I was there last year that not only the unique call that you heard from Gabby on Lebanon, but also our unique connection with him and the church uh, at our community of faith uh, to walk with him. And I was also thinking about this. It says, um, in a very short time, will not Lebanon be turned into a 
fertile field, and the fertile field seemed like a forest. In that day, the deaf will hear the words of the scroll, and out of the gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind will see. Does that remind you of any New Testament passage? Gabby read it. Luke 4, the ministry of Christ, the ministry of the church today. Yes, days of the kingdom, folks. Yes, that's what we're doing. What he is doing in Lebanon is what the Lord does. That's the ministry of the church. That's your ministry and mine. He's bringing his kingdom to bring sight to the blind, to hear, the, the deaf would hear. That's what he's doing in this world. We're joining, and that's what he wants to do in your life personally. Not just for Lebanon, not just for the United States, but for your life. That's his ministry personally in your marriage, in your relationship, in your community, in this nation and around the world and in Lebanon. Can we experience a revival in our own lives to hear that, to, to see his work and, and join him in our personal lives? That's the life I want to live. That, that Sign me up for that. Whether it's in my life or in Lebanon, I want to join his work of renewal and restoration and revival. It was the night that Jesus was betrayed that he took the bread unleavened bread because it was they were celebrating the Passover there's a sense that Jesus had been building with his disciples personally to this climactic moment he took the bread after he'd given thanks he blessed it and he broke it he said this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in a similar way, he took the cup after dinner. And he said, this is a, a new covenant in my blood. If we're talking about healing and restoration and restore, re, renewal, he's saying it's through his broken body and his shed blood that we receive renewal, healing, and blessing. That our blindness, our lostness, is healed. If you are a follower of Christ, I want to invite you to the table. If you are not a follower of Christ, you can be today.
you just ask Christ into your life. You say, Lord, I confess I am a sinner. Would you come and forgive me and heal me and renew me and then partake? We have a station for each section. Do this by intinction. So you just dip the cracker or the bread in there and you take it at the station and return. I just want to say this. I don't want it to be awkward or weird. Just only if you feel led. When you get back to your seat, if you want to ask someone to pray for you, ask them to pray for you, okay? If you feel led to pray for someone else, ask their permission. If they say, no, not today, that's okay, right? <laughs> but after you take it, would you just be mindful that perhaps the Lord wants us to pray a prayer for one another. So Lord Jesus, we recognize that you came, did not see equality with God, something to be grasped or held on, but you gave freely. You humbled yourself. You allowed yourself to be broken, even ridiculed and mocked, so that we might be healed and restored and renewed. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for the grace that flows every morning. Your mercy flows every morning. So we come in need of your mercy, Lord, in need of your grace. Elders, would you come? All is ready. As you feel that, would you come and receive from him? Such a beautiful moment. You stand with me. <clears throat> Normally, I'd, I'd run this by the deacons, but... Uh, I guess I'm going to do it and ask for forgiveness later. Amen. <laughs> um, so we just wanted to give, uh, we support uh, Gabby and his church. Um, we have, and um, he's expressed, he's so thankful for that. This is an unprecedented time financially and, uh, and hardships. So if you, if you feel so led and would want to give a little bit extra beyond what we support, we, we have giving boxes in the back. You could just drop uh, whatever you felt led to in the giving boxes. And before he returns to Lebanon on Tuesday, we'll figure out a way to, uh, to get that to you, Gabby. If you want to just open up your hands and receive. So, Lord, we are so thankful that you see us with eyes of great worth, that you love us, but that we can't fathom the love that you have for each and every one of us. You know us and you care about us, that the love that you had for your son Jesus is, 
immeasurable and great, and yet you are willing to give him for us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Fill us with your great love. Romans 5, 5 said that you pour out your love into our hearts, into our souls. Lord, would we walk this day, this week, receiving that love poured out into our hearts and souls. We pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah and hallelujah. Maranatha. Amen. Amen.